like making some serious money. So at the end of All right, guys, welcome back to episode 15 of The Young Startup. Today we have, I say this every time, but a special guest, um, but in all honesty, super special guest today. Uh, we have Jeremy Hoffman. He is uh, He's an impact-driven um, man. This guy has done crazy things in the entrepreneurial space. He's done a lot for us, a lot with us. Um, and man, I'm, I'm always inspired by you, but uh, an impact entrepreneur. He is the owner, current state of uh, a, a crap ton of businesses, I'm going to say, but uh, more importantly, his, his main venture that we're actually working with him on is Oasis Adaptogen. So um, this is going to be a crazy, um, crazy podcast today. We're going to talk about balance as an entrepreneur. Um, Jeremy has, has done a lot in Brian and I's lives to help us create balance or balance through different things. Uh, so we'll get through, you know, the, the little things throughout the process here. But Jeremy, thanks so much for coming on. Why don't you give a little introduction of who you are, what you do, um, that's probably going to be hard because you do so many things, but <laughs> as concise as possible. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks for the intro and grateful to be here, guys. It's been really cool to watch all of us continue to level up over the past you know, six, 12 months um, through programs, through then beginning to work together and like just the flow. It, it's really nice to, to be here and you guys, uh, yeah, you're crushing it. So grateful to be here. Uh, yeah. Background. I mean, I try not to go into too much story or into all the identities of I'm the CEO of this and the founder of that. But um, my primary shift about three, four years ago was out of just like just doing things to make money and wanted to create impact in people's lives. So this started by facilitating experiences and events for people around the world, uh, throughout Asia, throughout South America, locally here in Vancouver working with certain plant medicines all the way through to just using breath work and sound healing and, and movement and things like this. And it kind of brought me on a, a journey of facilitating events and then into life coaching and digital program creation. And through that process, launched a couple different aligned businesses in nutraceuticals, holistic wellness, alternative medicine, um, some mental health apps and some immersive technology projects that we were worked on and tying that all into, you know, community development. And now my main focus, as you mentioned, which is Oasis Adaptogens. And I working in the psychedelic industries, advising companies, um, working as a practitioner, as a user, I started to look at like, what are we trying to do as, as a planet? Like, how are we trying to help people? Um, there's a huge push with psychedelics and mental health, mental awareness. And I got, went, well, what is something that people can start to use and or implement in their everyday lives that would help us thrive again? And so Oasis Adaptogens was born as kind of the, the mother of all of these other projects coming kind of into one is like, okay, we can support people with information and wellness. We can also support people with products that assist you more effectively with your everyday stress, with optimizing your energy. And so that's why Oasis has started. And that's a little overview of, you know, quick overview of what's brought me from where I was to where I am. But just for everyone to, to listen, two and a half, three years ago, I was still a general contractor, uh, swinging a hammer, making calls, taking meetings, hustling anywhere from eight to 12 hours a day, um, 
and, and made a full transformation to owning multiple online businesses um, and corporations and, and organizations even. I'd love to chat about um, when you were a general contractor, like what, I don't want to say tipping points, so to speak, but what made you switch from being in construction, being a general contractor, essentially doing labor work on a daily basis to now getting into very impactful things. What was that thing that kind of switched? Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, there was a couple different things. One, before I was a contractor, I was a framer. So if anyone's listening, knows <laughs> what it is to be a framer, we're talking like here in Vancouver, it's either really hot or really cold. Some days you're 30, 40 feet up on a roof, like swinging a hammer. Like it, it can be fun, but it's not a lifetime. And, transitioning into the general contracting was like the step up you know I was like okay I'm the I'm the boss I'm, I'm creating the jobs and doing all the things and I looked at all the other contractors that I knew and I looked around and I was like they're 35 to 40 50 years old okay they had a nice truck they had a nice house they were stressed out they like they were burnt out they didn't love their job they worked their job because it paid their bills and it offered them time all of them complained about working when they tried to go on vacation. They, even though they worked for themselves, they were still like stuck in replying to customers, replying to trades, reporting to the homeowners. You know, it's like you don't have a boss, but the bot, the energy is just shifted. So someone else yeah, yeah, yeah. is in control. Right. And it, it was right after the time where I went on an extended trip to Asia and I came back, found out that my wife was cheating on me. My wife left me. And I took a real serious look at my life and I was like, do I want to make $150,000, $200,000 a year, still kind of be working for someone, be stressed out? Or do I want to take a huge chance? Do I want to, do, do I want to go and do something different and build a life that I can work the hours that I want to work, that I can have no cap to the amount of money that I can make, you know, like zero cap, like infinite potential. And I just remember like waking up and just not wanting to go to work anymore. Just saying, you know what, there's got to be a different way to making a life or to making income. And there's got to be a different lifestyle than being a slave to other people. Love that. I, I resonate a lot with that. Eric and I both resonate a lot with that. Whenever you <laughs> talk about no cap, the way that I looked at it, like we worked corporate for a while and it was great. Like we learned a lot of skills and I'm sure you learned a lot of skills being a general contractor, being a framer, but what you really learned, the biggest thing and the biggest takeaway was the fact that you learned that you no longer wanted to build someone else's dream. You wanted to build your own dream. You had your own vision. You wanted to have no cap and um, you're super young still. Eric and I are super young and I, I resonate a lot with that because this audience that we deal with is really just trying to impact and be more driven towards, Hey, you don't necessarily need to work a nine to five job for the rest of your life. You can do whatever you want. Cause there's so much opportunity out in this world. And Eric and I took that leap of faith as well, walked away from a $200,000 plus paying job um, just so that we can dive into our own things. But whenever we made that switch, it wasn't like waking up in the morning and not wanting to go to our work to work. It was waking up in the morning and we had purpose again. And it was super, super impactful from there. So I resonate a lot with your story, man. Yeah. And I, what I wanted to say as well is, uh, I mean, exactly what Brian said, like completely resonate. I'd love to talk about like that feeling of 
making that switch and also like the first few months, maybe the first six months, maybe the first year of your journey and what that was, if it was a struggle, just because, you know, a lot of people are probably in a position where they want to make that switch, just don't know how to, or are scared because of what might happen. Um, and I can speak lengths of how, or how it happened to us and how it felt for us, but I'd love to know how you went through it and your experience with that. And also to add on to that, Jeremy, um, considering we're, we're going to be chatting around essentially finding balance um, but just kind of going towards the things that has helped you make that transition, um, build more balance in your life, things along those lines. Yeah. Thank you for that. And yeah, <laughs> it's been a hell of a journey because, you know, before I was a, I was a general contractor. I didn't have like tangible, like they say entrepreneur is something that you can, you know, you, you're born with, you're a hustler kind of in that, but it can be taught. I believe if you have the right passion for it, yep. um, I, I knew I was that, but I didn't know I was that until I really got into it. And so just something to note, guys, is like I hustled for years to be able to like I bought my first place when I was 18 years old. Um, you know, I flipped a couple of places before I was the age of 24. And so, you know, I had the opportunity to take a massive risk and take the equity in my house and like sell my house. And I took all of that equity to invest in myself and to start a whole bunch of different businesses. Not everyone can do that. Um, so the thing to note here is my journey is a little bit different, but I hustled a nine to five or like a, a more typical type of job for years. Like I worked 10 hours every day and then I worked on Saturdays. I stopped going out and drinking on Fridays so that I could work on Saturdays and to save money. And I calculated it down to a science of how much I could make extra by working an extra hour and a half every day, plus an extra five hours on a weekend. I was making an extra 10 hours a week, which over four weeks is an extra whole week of work. It's an extra 40 hours. And so like, I got very calculated with that. So it's something to note. Um, when I decided to make the switch, it was no less scary uh, than anything else because I was used to making, you know, whatever it was, 10 to $20,000 a month income. And all of a sudden, I had no income. I went, I made a switch when I had no income. <laughs> I, <laughs> I built the other business. I knew I needed to stop my contracting. I finished my contract and I went full send into a different business. I had barely owned a computer at this point. I had never, you know, built a, a digital online business before. And it was scary. Like hell is scary. I, I actually don't know how I've ended up here like two, two years <laughs> later. I, I like the steps are fake. Like the, the one step is faith. And I, I speak a lot of, in terms of energy in the universe and things like this, but it's like the universe favors people who are willing to take chances that are willing to be brave in their approach. And if I go back into the moments where I was having doubt, where I was having like, you know, fear of if I was taking the right, if I was making the right decision or if I should be focused here or focused there, I really just allowed faith to be that guiding light and everything that I've ever learned has like contributed to the next step. I saw this really cool meme the other day. It was like people who don't succeed and it was just like bogged down by failure. And then it was people who succeed taking failure and stepping it as like a stepping stone in front of them. Right. And so, you know, I took Tom Wang's Amazon course, you know, I spent $2,000 on that never launched anything on Amazon because I, I wanted to pivot into another direction. And then I worked on this towel company and then I learned a little bit here and then I went over there. And then I like, you know what I mean? Like 
but everything that I learned from each step has brought me to where I am now. And the other really critical piece was that if you're not enjoying the process, like you have to work hard sometimes. I'm not the, the balanced guru or anything like this <laughs> who's saying that I don't work 16 hour days sometimes because I do. Um, but if you're not enjoying the process of what you're cultivating, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Even if you're in a nine to five job, it, it doesn't matter. If you're not enjoying the process, be thinking about how you can enjoy that process and find a way to enjoy what you're doing. Because, you know, after being a life coach and working with a bunch of different executives and helping them create balance, these guys had it all, like quote unquote, had it all in what you would expect the world to, to see. And they were miserable. They were unhappy. And one of the biggest regrets is, I wish I would have enjoyed the process of getting to where I am now. Like I wish I would have taken more time to enjoy those steps. Damn. That's powerful shit, man. I love that. Um, you know, enjoying the process. I, I talk about it all the time, trusting the process to talk about it all the time. And yeah, I mean, you can get washed up on all the negative um, in, in all the good that you're doing or all the, all the things that are happening in your life. Uh, but how does one, especially one that doesn't necessarily have the emotional intelligence that is required to enjoy the process, what are some easy steps, like one to two things that people can do to enjoy the process? Like, um, like I'm talking, um, you know, when I think of that, I think of, you know, enjoying the process is like, okay, if I need to, if I'm enjoying the process, I also need to know where I'm going to, right. And that every single step of the process is a step to wherever I want to be. Um, so, you know, you working with these executives, um, what are some of the things that help them realize that um, or things that allow them to kind of get that security back? Yeah, so having purpose. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, Simon Sinek, like know your why, like yeah. for real, like if you don't know why you're doing something, why the fuck are you doing it? There's no <laughs> point, like yeah. for real, it's like, and, and people spend like, let's say, you know, that you're not in the place to quit your job yet. Okay. So then that job becomes what I'd like to call is like a, a lily pad. It's like, it's like this place where you're waiting before you hop to somewhere else. Right. Oh, and that's like fine. That. That's totally cool. <clears throat> but know why you have that job. You know, are you working at Starbucks because you want to move up in Starbucks to become an executive in Starbucks and learn corporate business? Great. Congratulations. Are you working at Starbucks because you're a student while you're going to school and it offers really great benefits and rewards and you love, you love the environment? Fantastic. Or are you working at Starbucks while taking an Amazon course? Um, because once you have you know, 15 or 10,000 or however much it is, you're going to take the leap and you're going to launch your Amazon business? Fuck yeah. So it's like, it's like really knowing why you're doing things and bringing intention into what you're doing or else you're just like aimlessly going through life. Um, not really bringing consciousness or awareness to the actions that you're taking, which is a, a huge, you know, <laughs> could say a problem. Um, <laughs> the other thing is, you know, solidifying that why or that purpose. And then like you had mentioned, you know, knowing that whatever's happening to you, is always happening for you, not to you. So like, no matter what happens in your life, life is not set up to screw you over. Life is not out here trying to bring you down. It's actually trying to build you up, but it's not easy. It's like going to the gym. It's like going on a hike. It's like perfecting 
any sport, any craft, there's challenges, there's failures. And if you switch your mindset that allows you to learn from what's happening at every step of your life, instead of thinking that you're the victim and life is trying to get you and how dare this person, you know, cut you off or, or rip you off in your business. It's like that person just gave you an opportunity to learn how to have better boundaries, to learn how to have better agreements in place, um, et cetera. So having a purpose and realizing that everything is set up to actually assist you and stop feeling sorry for yourself and being in the victim mentality. I love that. Oh my gosh. I got goosebumps. You, uh, are you saying that? Cause I, I say that all the time. You learn from your failures, you learn from the challenges and mistakes, but what the biggest thing is there, it's a mindset thing, right? Cause a lot of people will dwell on those things and that's when you start to have a negative life and everything starts to spiral. But if you can learn from those things, what I always tell people is like, don't necessarily focus on making money, focus on building skills because skills will ultimately make money for you. Facing challenges is going to help you build skills. You don't learn anything right off the bat. It's through challenge and failure. It's through repeating. And that's when you become successful. So, man, that was, that was powerful. That was super powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I always say that there's, there's always a, there's always a positive and a negative, right? Like you just got to find it, right? Things happen. And you said, you can just say it better. Things happen for you, not to you. Like, dang. exactly. Get that, tattoo, get that tattooed on my arm. <laughs> I'm working on it. And it's, it, so it's like things happen for you, to, not to you from victim to victor. Right. Ooh. So it's like, it's Ooh. like, if you're, if you're, if you think things are happening to you or yeah, if they're happening to you, you're the victim. You're just like, Oh, I can't help it. This person sucks. And that's why my product isn't selling. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, you're the reason why your product isn't selling. Find a way to make it happen. Be the victor, take ownership of that. Um, and the, the balance aspect of this is, is very similar too, because I think in, in our generation, so many people are seeing, you know, guys like us that are, you know, being these entrepreneurs and doing this life. And, and that can create a, a whole different set of problems because they put so much pressure on themselves, people mm -hmm. in general. Um, and so the balance aspect is, it's not to say you don't have these long hours and, you know, sometimes you stay up late at night to get something done. That's fine. But the balance aspect is balance is different for me than it is for you. And balance is also ever changing. So think about someone who's walking a slack line. That person isn't just in a fixed location balance. They are constantly readjusting their balance point. Right. And so mm -hmm. that's the same with us in our lives. We need to continually readjust our balance point because it's not fixed. Balance is not working out, meditating, and eating healthy because you can work out, meditate, and eat healthy and still not be balanced in your life due to other issues. Um, so it's just to start to learn where you feel good and what helps make you feel good and then doing things that make you feel actually good. And I use it very general because good is different for me, again, than it is for you, but if you're cultivating something and it comes at a uh, self-sacrifice. So if you're working on something and you're unhealthy and you're drained and like, it, it's not based in what I would call your ethics. If it's not balanced in that, I would just not do it. I would just stop doing it. Mm -hmm. um, I would just take what you've learned, cut it off and go do something else. Because um, if you don't enjoy the process and if you're not taking care of yourself in the process of cultivating, whatever it is, and if you can't get that foundation, it's what I learned from building houses. 
building a solid foundation as you build the house up. That's mm. why was I a contractor? I'm like, oh yeah, to learn how to build things. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you can't figure out how to live a more balanced lifestyle and like enjoy that lifestyle right now, step one, step two, step three, it doesn't get easier. You're only going to get busier. You quit your job. You're only going to have more things going on. Um, it, and once you have your first business, you're going to start another business and it's going to be more and more and more. So if you don't build that foundation of living a balanced lifestyle, one that works for you, um, you're going to be a slave to your own projects anyways. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that, um, you know, balance starts with yourself, but balance can also be very, very relevant when you're starting your own business and you're trying to become successful and become a successful entrepreneur because, I say this all the time. People always ask us like, how are we so able, how are we able to build such a sustainable, profitable Amazon business? And we, it's because we're constantly pivoting. We're doing what is, what is working and we're continuing doing what is working. But as soon as something doesn't work, we are cognitive and we're aware of that. And we pivot away from that, try something new until it does work. And that's what it is. And eventually you'll start to build up this freaking arsenal of tools that works well for your business well, I like what you said. Everything, every single person balance is different in every single person in business as well. Balance is different because depending on the niche, depending on the product, depending on the target market, all of these different things as well are going to be different. You need to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And I think it's building that habit with yourself first. It's just going to be, it's going to make it easier for you to become an entrepreneur. Whoever is aspiring to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, on top of that as well, like, you know, one thing I, th I think of like sustainable business and, um, you know, finding that balance and everything like that is as you continue to grow and you become better and better and better, you need to be able to value your time. I think that's huge because, you know, a lot of people associate balance to how much time they work in the day. Like they talk about this work-life balance thing, of course, but again, it's, it's all about enjoying what you do. Right. And the way that I see it is that as you continue to grow, you get better at all these different skills. That's where building a team, hiring people to do the tasks that you may no longer need to do because you perfected it. And that's how you continue to grow a business over and over and over again, because you're no longer doing the tasks that you were sweating and crying because they were hard as hell. Uh, but you perfected them and you've now hired, trained somebody to be able to take those on so that you can focus on the things that you love to do the things that actually matter in your business, the ones that impact revenue, impact growth, impact change, all of these different things. And that's where we find balance because again, same thing, like, you know, even in our mastermind, um, you know, we set goals week to week, right? And in when we set those goals, um, like I set five, sometimes six, seven, eight goals, and, and they're pretty ambitious, but it's because I value my time. I know that my, my time is worth 500 bucks an hour and I'm not going to be doing anything that is anything less than of that value, right? So, you know, on that topic there, I'd love to learn a little bit more about um, your, your thoughts on that topic, like valuing your time, why that's important. And, um, and if you think that's important in, uh, in balance as an entrepreneur. For sure. And, you know, when I speak of balance, it's like, I see everything, like literally everything is energy or an exchange of energy, e everything. Mm -hmm. we, we've known this for um, years and years and years and years. Uh, you take a microscope and you look into anything, it's moving. There's atoms and cells that are moving. Our entire body is cells moving and creating more cells. Like everything is moving <laughs> all of the time. The earth is spinning inside of a solar system that is spinning, like everything is moving. So when I say balance, it's like, it's balancing everything in your life. So 
time is a huge resource. Time is the one resource that every single human on this planet has the exact same amount of. Now we can go on a whole nother avenue about how time has been man-made as a construct, all these things. But regardless, we all have the same amount of <laughs> 24 hours inside of a day. And, and so how you use that resource is absolutely critical um, and how you value that. So, but the, to touch on the balance aspect, it's, it's who you spend your time with. It's the food that you eat. It's how much time do you work versus how much time are you spending recharging yourself? Sometimes there's tasks or projects that you feel charged from as an entrepreneur. Sometimes there's projects and tasks that leave you feeling a little bit more drained. They take a little bit more energy, right? And so it's like starting to notice, okay, I know that this type of project or task, whatever it is, delegation takes more brain power. When I plan out my team for the week, those two hours of my Sundays feel like a whole day. I'm, I'm mapping what, you know, up to 20 people need to do for the next week or two takes a lot of energy. Right. And so what do I need to do to rebalance that? You know, do I need food? Do I need exercise? Do I need meditation, water, etc.? Um, and coming down to management of your time is absolutely crucial because your presence, this amount of presence and time is probably the most valuable resource that any of us has on this planet. Um, and so starting to limit the time and interactions you have with people who don't value your time, it doesn't mean that you're better than them, but like the people who just don't value your time and starting to know the boundaries between relationships that are helping you become a better person and the relationships that are purely just friends where you just go shoot the shit and like you're not looking for any type of exchange and then the relationships that are sucking your energy, that are wasting your time, um, that maybe you need to let go of so that you can step in and, and really start to optimize that type of balance in your life. Out of curiosity here, because I struggled with this when, when before me and Eric started working with you, we didn't really, we weren't very cognitive of energy, to be honest. We just like had a to-do list on things that we knew that we needed to do. Um, and we just try to get as much as we could done in, in a day. That's just how it was. How can someone that, you know, was in a, a position like us previously, wasn't really cognitive or aware of bad energy versus good energy. How can they come to like some form of identification that like, Hey, this task is actually draining from me versus like, Hey, this task is, is not draining from me. Is it purely just a feeling thing? Is there anything that they can do in order to identify that? For sure. I mean, it gets down into the micro sides of things. I don't know if we went through this in the self-mastery. I know I go through it in like more of my one-on-one sort of containers. Um, However, it's like actually creating a list of everything that you do in a day and then giving it a scale of one to 10 on how your energy felt after that task. And to answer the question, it is just a feeling. So it's like, okay, after this podcast, if I was going through this process, I would maybe put my hand on my chest and take a breath. And be like, okay, how do I feel right now on a scale of one to 10? And I'd give myself a rating like this charged me up. This took my energy. You do that for a week. You track everything that you're doing, all of these tasks, and you can actually see, put it in a spreadsheet and you can actually see the things that you can do it by category. You can just do it by basic task. You can actually see the things that are making you feel good and the things that aren't making you feel good. And this is a really good place to the ones that don't make you feel good, create an SOP, create a system, figure out how to delegate it if you're at that stage and or 
you don't, if you're a single entrepreneur just working by yourself, you know how to plan your days more effectively because if you have a whole bunch of things that you try to do in a day that take a lot of energy from you, there's a good chance that you're going to feel burnt out that week or you're going to like lead to burnout if you're not uh, mitigating that risk um, of too much energy output, especially if you're not inputting that energy back in. Something to note in balance is that, you know, we all have a finite amount of energy inside of a day. Like <laughs> that you have a battery and that battery is your energy yeah. and everything that you do, text messages, uh, social media, scrolling conversations, every piece of that can either take energy or give you energy. Same with food. There's food that literally takes so much energy to di digest that it takes your energy away and it doesn't offer you anything back. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's food that takes less energy to digest and offers you more things back. So it's really starting to notice what you feel and when you feel that so you can plan for optimization. Love that. I don't, I don't think you, yeah, you said that really, really well. And it's true, right? Like, you know, for example, if I have a, if I have a task, there's a few tasks that I absolutely hate doing, but I know they have to, they have to be done and they have to be done by me. So for me, like, for example, like emails, for example, right? I don't look at emails in the morning anymore because I know that if I get a bad email, it's going to throw me off for the whole day. So I always, I always plan accordingly because the last thing I want to do is to kill momentum in a day. Uh, and that's where like time blocking has been really, really helpful for me. Um, if I have a task that takes a lot of energy, for example, planning my week, I do it at the end of the day. So I can be tired after that and be able to, you know, hit the sheets really, really well or something like that. But yeah, internally knowing what's going on in my head and what takes the most energy has been just crucial for optimization as an entrepreneur because things can get pretty hectic um, as you continue to grow, especially if there's so many different businesses going on. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to chat around, you know, what you mentioned was like, um, as soon as you identify that you are lacking energy and you're not feeding your body with more energy, you're just going to, you're essentially just going to plateau, if not decrease and, and be unoptimized, so to speak. So what are some things that we could do to, to have, to feel more energy, whether that be like certain foods, um, supplements, techniques, anything along those lines, what are some key things that uh, you can introduce to the audience that could get people going like right off the bat? For sure. And <clears throat> precursor into that is if you're feeling starting to feel burnt out and you don't take the time to recharge, like there's no good option there. Like if you don't <laughs> take the time and you're just going to try to like push through it, you might make it that next day or maybe even that next week but the burnout that's going to come <laughs> is going to be longer. It's going to be harder and it's actually going to be more damaging to your body long-term, right? A lot of Gen Z's millennials, we're not really thinking about the impact that stress has on our bodies long-term. We're just like, yeah, let's fucking go. It's like, yeah, you can stimulate yourself with more caffeine, maybe even drugs and things that has a, a consequence inside of your body. Like it, it does, like it, everything gets balanced over time. Right. So yeah, take some more coffee. <laughs> um, no, but it's a <laughs> good time. No, that, there, there's a balance to that too. It's not, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's realizing that when you're noticing symptoms of that burnout or that fatigue to answer that question, to take the time that's needed, to start to recharge yourself because you're not going to just by miracle have a bunch of energy one day yeah. um, if you're doing things that drain you. And I, 
it was a podcast or something that I listened to about entrepreneurship. It's like you work, you try to prevent fatigue, but you work until you feel fatigued. <laughs> and then if you're fatigued, you rest until you feel rested and then you, you start again. So it's like when you have energy, create. And when you're burnt out, allow your time to your allow yourself the space to recharge. And so things to recharge. One huge thing to note is if you're feeling this is to get off all devices. Um, this doesn't mean delete your Instagram. This doesn't mean, you know, cancel your Facebook or whatever. <laughs> Being on technology takes energy from us. It's an energy exchange. That's why, uh, you know, for all the things that we do, guys, you know, the more time people are on our landing pages or on our sales pages or whatever, it's, it's energy. People are on there, um, which is a higher rate for them to convert, but they're giving their presence, their energy to the landing page or whatever it is uh, to yep. the Instagram feed. And so it's just to be mindful of that. So to get off technology, most of us are actually quite burnt out because we're uh, so stimulated by technology. The second is to eat uh, foods that make you feel charged up. So like if you're feeling tired, don't go have a super heavy meal. Don't go eat a bunch of meat. Don't go eat a bunch. I'm not a vegan, but like don't go pound a steak and burger and fries and chicken wings if you're already feeling tired. That's not going to help you feel better. Uh, eat things that have nutrients. Always get outside. That doesn't mean always, you, you don't always need to exercise. If you're burnt out, going to the gym might actually be too, more of a stress on your body. But getting outside, getting oxygen, getting air in into your body is super key. Obviously, things like meditation or breath work uh, are super critical uh, for people who are feeling burnt out to really allow themselves the place to like recharge. Yep. My favorite thing if I'm feeling burnt out is like middle of the day around this time of day, I'll put my headphones in and I'll put on some really nice relaxing music and I'll just lay on the couch, not in my bed, not on the floor, on the couch. That's like my, like, I'm giving myself permission to relax <laughs> because it like bed is like for sleep and floor is like, I don't know, not cutting it. So, so bed or, or couch is definitely where I like to go. Um, and those are my top ones, like for, from a very basic level, like stop what you're doing and do whatever you, your body needs to recharge um, and stay off your phones. I think that's super important. Like as soon as you start feeling that, and it's a very, it's a, it's a feeling that you can't deny. Like it's very present. Like, you know, when you're burnt out at the end of the day, you know, when you're burnt out because you know, things are going one out one year uh, and one in one ear and out the other, you're getting overwhelmed, you're getting frustrated, all these different things. Like, what's the point of doing work when you're burnt out, because you're most likely going to do it wrong, or you're not going to get it accomplished, take the time for yourself, come back strong, and then bounce back. And, and in my opinion, whenever I feel burnt out, I'll do exactly the same thing. I'll go for a walk, I'll take some time to myself, I'll hop in the shower and just like just be with myself. And that really allows me to just recharge. I feel awake, alive again. And then I go back and I just get an even more amount of work done. So, yeah. yeah. And that's the key there is like, I think some people in the hustle culture are like, I'm just going to push through and get more done. But like, once you hit that wall, the work that you're doing is fucking shit. Yeah. To be honest, <laughs> most of the time, unless it's like a really like mindless task, it's shit work. And if you even take an hour, even the evening, go to bed early, get some good food, drink some tea to help you relax at night, whatever it is. And you wake up in that morning, you're going to perform at such a like way higher capacity 
And I think that's really overrated and overseen that it's like, we just need to push through. It's like, yo, you could take 30 minutes or take six hours in the evening, recharge and go back twice, 10 times as strong uh, the next day. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of that, to be honest. <laughs> like, um, no, I, de I definitely take breaks for myself. Uh, there's no questions about it, but there is times where I get burnt out and I just try to push through. And um, I learned that the hard way, of course, I'm 100% much better at it and everything like that. But, you know, for anybody listening here, it's totally normal to feel that way. Uh, but hey, just me take too. Some, take, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We can preach it as much as we want, but it happens to everybody and it's natural. We're human beings and us as humans, especially when we have things that we know we want to get done for the day. Um, you know, I'm conditioned to say, you know, I need to get this done for the day. Um, I'm lucky to have a partner, like a girlfriend that tells me not to and like help me work <laughs> through it and everything like that. But <laughs> I don't um, have that. Not, a, not everybody has that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it, like my it, dog. <laughs> who, like, at six o'clock I know it's dinner time because she's like barking at me and I'm like oh shit like, yeah <laughs> but no, it, it is it's not a I I'm still in the process of it too um yeah it's it, you, I get better at it every single time and I think the key piece there is actually having faith that by taking that time to recharge I'm mm -hmm. actually going to feel better and do more like yeah. so it's really I think if there's a keynote for the listeners it's like each time you go through the process and you're feeling that burnout, you're like, I'm just going to get this done today. I'm just going to finish it this week. It's like, okay, analyze how much of a burnout you're feeling, but mm -hmm. then know that if you feel better, you're going to enjoy what you're doing more. You're going to be able to do it more effectively. And something to note from a more, you know, spiritual energetic perspective is if you don't feel good and you're working on something, that energy goes into what you're working on. So like, I don't feel good, but I'm trying to tell people how to feel good. Well, that's a disconnection of energy. That doesn't, mm. that doesn't work. And so it's like, if you're trying to build a business, but you don't feel good doing it, uh, just to be mindful of that. It's much better to work on things when you feel good. Than totally. To work on when you feel yeah. shit. I agree. It's, it's a disjustice to um, not only yourself, but the people that you're serving. I, I look at like personal training. We actually had a gentleman on the podcast and he talked about the fact that like he was looking for a personal trainer and when he went into the gym to look for one, the person that was pitching him and selling him was not someone that had the body that he wanted to. You can see that he clearly was, he shouldn't have been a personal trainer, so to speak. Um, and there was that disconnect there and he needed to work with someone that had the body that he wanted to, right? He was connected to himself at the end of the day. He was actually feeding himself, like teaching people certain things and telling them, Otherwise, when you're not doing it yourself, it's, it's a disjustice to yourself and, and to other people. So um, yeah. I resonate with that as well. Now, when it comes to, um, let's talk about supplements. I know that you're starting, you've already started Oasis Adaptogens, um, natural products that can help us be more balanced. I, I'd like to go on a little bit of a tangent on that because Eric and I have started to implement those and it's been helping like crazy. Um, so I'd love to just kind of plug that in here. Cool. Yeah, thank you. I'm stoked. Now, as I mentioned before, I worked in, you know, psychedelics and microdosing, um, CBD, cannabis, psilocybin, all, all the things. And there, there's so much going on in the world of what trying to help like mental health and anxiety and depression and stress. And when I actually, I did a lot of research around, you know, what are the leading causes of death in North America? And we see, you know, heart disease, hypertension, uh, suicide rates actually pretty high. 
Um, long story short, when I tracked it back, you could tell that every single disease that had led had come from some form of stress, either physically, emotionally, um, on, on the body. So financial stress or stress in the body, um, diets that created obesity and other things that created stress on the heart as well as on the body, you know, all these different things. And, you know, I'm, I really love the corporate, you know, business world side of things and e-commerce entrepreneurship, but I also really wanted to help people. And I was like, okay, so how do I, how do I make, merge these worlds together and as maybe some people know there, there's a rise in functional mushrooms which are the ones that don't get you high um, and a rise in things like adaptogens which are maybe you've seen guarana on energy drinks or you've heard of ashwagandha or things like ginseng these are herbs that offer natural medicine so like guarana gives you energy it's it's not caffeine but it gives you energy and ashwagandha is a herb that helps you feel more calm and can rebalance your hormones completely naturally. And growing up, going through the medical system, having different arrays of issues, um, there wasn't that much that actually really helped me. I, nothing against Western medicine. It really actually has its purpose. Uh, for me, a lot of the forms of medication are like band-aids. It's a temporary fix. It's not yeah. a solution to the root problem. And the medicine is taught to be, you know, it's supposed to medicate. It's supposed to um, not solve the problem, just to like hold, take care of the problem or to put that bandaid over it. Um, and so with stress, guys our, our age, girls our age, you know, 20 to 34, we're super stressed out. There's so much anxiety. Um, and the reason Oasis was started to literally help millennials and Gen Zs adapt more effectively to life and to integrate a more balanced approach to how we live our lives. And so Oasis, we really truly exist to create formulations, to create functional products that bring these types of herbs and natural medicines into the mainstream again. They've been used in ancient India and in China. So Ayurvedic medicine and traditional Chinese medicine for like, as long as we know, like 3000 years at least. Um, the Western world's just catching up, just like yoga, you know, like they've been doing yoga and breath work and things like this in the Eastern world for forever. And then the Western <laughs> world's like, oh, hey, like you can breathe and you can feel good or you can like stretch out and it's good for you. Uh, same thing is happening with the supplement space. And, you know, we're, I would call us a, a supplement, but more of like a functional food uh, brand as we transition. And, you know, touching on that is like a lot of the supplements on the market are complete garbage. Um, a lot of them are f just filled with a bunch of other like white rice flours, um, unethically sourced products that the whole industry as a whole is like completely garbage, to be honest, um, at, from a supplement standpoint, from a natural product standpoint, there's very few companies. And I'm not going to mention some of the like extremely well-known companies that people would, would know if I <laughs> mentioned them, um, <laughs> that are just like not holding up their level of integrity on the back end of like the products that they're selling. And it's really crazy to me that people are getting away with like just selling stuff that like doesn't actually really work. Like there is the power of the mind and the placebo and all these things. So I'm sure people might notice some things, but like the fillers, the preservatives, the way that things are being grown with mushrooms, just to note, it's like, th think about roots of a tree. 
So you have the roots of the tree, which are all underground. And then you have the tree, which is the thing that you see. Uh, it has all like the, the roots grab the nutrients from the ground. And then they produce this beautiful piece of, you know, thriving life that helps the world. Same as with mushrooms. There's something underneath the soil called the mycelium, which is all the roots. And it's grabbing all of the nutrients and it's per producing this fruiting body, which is like the little actual mushroom that you see, right? <laughs> so that's the part that you want. You want the combination of all the nutrients in that fruiting body. Now, what most companies are doing is they're selling you the roots. <laughs> they're literally selling you the pieces of a product that literally barely have any nutritional fact. And they're marketing it as premium mushroom products around the world. And it's literally dirt for the most part. It's like, it's dirt. Wow. <laughs> and, and then a company like Oasis comes along and, you know, we're using fruiting body. And instead of just selling a one-to-one, -one, we're selling like an eight-to-one extract. Uh, we're testing them. We're looking for heavy metals. We're making sure it's only fruiting bodies. We're working with wild foragers in some of our formulations. And we're creating formulations that aren't just oh, here's your single ingredient product that's mostly roots filled with white rice flour. It's a, <laughs> here's a product that's the best of the best. And we're actually going to one-up everyone else. And we're going to put combinations of different things together to work really well. So it's, it's bridging that impact side of things. It's like, okay, well, I'm building a, a, a big corporate business in a way. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the values are grounded in still making an impact. We don't want to just we could sell our product for more. We could, you know, scan people and sell what everyone else is doing. Um, and, and that's really what we're doing. So we're, we're working on supplement side, so capsules. And then we're going to start to work in every industry where there's functional foods. So our first or our next kind of product is something called not coffee, which is a coffee alternative. So going back to stress, coffee, caffeine isn't innately bad for you. Too much caffeine creates, is it one of the key factors of something called adrenal fatigue. Um, your adrenal system is basically the thing that gets depleted from burnout. Um, once your adrenal system becomes fatigued, this leads to uh, chronic stress. It leads to lower, uh, leads to lower uh, immune system response, and it leads to inflammation in the body. So it's like <laughs> most diseases come from those factors. Um, and caffeine can be a contributing factor to this, especially if you're drinking multiple cups and or hundreds of milligrams of caffeine a day. So what we're doing with Oasis is looking at industries that haven't really been helping people. So stimulation, like supplements, stimulants, um, we're working on like beverages to replace alcohol, essentially. Again, not that alcohol is innately horrible, but to create an option. Like if you had the option to feel elevated and like have a bunch of energy and like all of the things that you want from drinking something that actually tasted good would you make a switch or would you try it sometimes right and you wouldn't have a hangover you'd actually be restoring your body's you know homeostasis like that's possible that's what we're doing <laughs> instead of eating something that has a bunch of sugar it has increased amount of fiber so that there's no sugar but there's ingredients in it that are helping, you know, balance your libido naturally, that you're helping your body relax more effectively at nighttime. Like imagine drinking a decaf blend of something 
that actually helps you sleep and reduces your inflammation while you sleep. So you wake up with more energy. Um, so that's really what we're doing. We're looking at all these different industries from like compostable coffee pods that will have our formulations to ice creams and gummies and beverages. And yeah. we're really just getting rolling right now, testing out everything with our, our supplement line of things. And then we'll continue to work into uh, different industries. Epic. All to help balance. Literally yeah. all to help there balance. There we go. Like, these adaptogens, know. find what's out of balance in your body and bring them back to a natural state. Um, you can do that while still having fun and you can do that while it's still tasting good. Yeah. I, uh, we don't need to go on a tangent on this, but I, I appreciate your, your authenticity in your, not only yourself, but also your brand, because, um, we see that a lot, you know, Eric and I coach a lot in the space now of Amazon and we see that, you know, what it sounds like is these people aren't in it for the customers. They're in it for the money and the greed. They want to make money, but they truly don't care about the customers and they're taking advantage, especially in scenarios like this about the placebo effect. So, I personally think that your ethics and your values that you guys are focusing on the forefront is only going to yield to better word of mouth marketing, more money to you, happier customers. And in tenfold, the money will follow. The money will always, always. follow. Note to people, building an authentic based business can take longer. It can take more time. It can take more energy. Um, Long term, if we're playing this infinite game, not just this finite game, like again, Simon Sinek, uh, loves talking about this sort of thing, but like we're playing the long-term game here. It's not just a short-term game. And like by adding real value, and I know you guys do this with your with your clients, like adding real value. Gary V harps on this shit. You know, <laughs> like adding real value long-term. There's no losing. There's just not exactly. And yeah. sometimes it takes a little bit longer. Like I could have come out with the money that I had and just slammed and done this and got the cheapest products and put them in a plastic bottle and uh, not cared about anything. But long-term, it's just like creating social impact, you know, making a difference, adding value, taking the time to do that. It always pays off. You guys know this. You're, you're yeah. living proof of that too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agree. And that's, like I said, topic for like, we could probably go hours talking around that. <laughs> You've seen it firsthand. You've seen it firsthand, but Building sustainability, building that long longevity in any kind of business—that's that's the way to approach it. And there's no get-rich-quick schemes nowadays. Well, there are, but in order to yeah. get rich, you you got to take the right approach. And I think it starts with authenticity. So, yeah, that's why ethics and values are so important in a company because people and just like you mentioned as well, like when we speak to each other, it's an energy transfer. A lot of the times, you can feel when somebody's being on inauthentic. You can feel if somebody's lying. Um, you know, there's so many companies out there that do these, do that these days and, um, you know, sell things to people that don't necessarily need it. Right. Well, that's always going to bite you in the butt. It might not in the short term, but three years, four years, five years, maybe it's 10 years down the road. It's an energy transfer as well. You do something unethical. It's going to come back to you in some fame or some form, shape, fashion, you pretty much name it. And that's why, you know, talking about this is so important. I think a lot of people forget about it. Um, and especially to, to anybody listening to this that wants to get into entrepreneurship, always build a business based off of your values, what aligns well with you and always be ethical because that is where sustainability comes from. And if you're enjoying the process and have a vision in mind, you will get to where you want to be. And the thing to note is like, my ethics are different than your ethics. Yep. Like you, like, it, it, someone could say, oh, well, to be ethical, I need to do what Jeremy's doing. 
or to be ethical, I need to do what the twins are doing. It's like, no, like your ethics are your ethics. No one is here to tell you what's right or wrong or good or bad in your life. That's up to you. Mm-hmm. But to be doing it based on, on your ethics, anything not created in ethics will be taken in ethics. It's like, a, I call it like a universal law almost at that level. Because <laughs> it's like, if you're building something out of a place of greed, at some point in your life, you will have to repay that exchange. It, it's call it karma. Um, it, it works in personal, it works in business. And it's also like your own definition of ethics is really important. So to not compare yourself to someone else's ethics and to say, well, I need to start this type of a business because that's what's ethical. It's like working at Starbucks can be ethical if you want it to be. It depends yeah. on how you're interacting in that, in that experience. So just something yeah. to note for people as well. Don't compare yourself to other people's ethics. You mm-hmm. know what's good for you. You know what's right or wrong. Um, you know what's helping people or taking advantage of people. You know what's fair. You, uh, <laughs> no yeah. one else can decide that for you. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. Well, that was phenomenal. We usually ended off with a question about hey, at your younger self, what, what do you wish you've done? What kind of advice could you give to people in your younger self? But to be honest, I think all we did was give advice throughout this whole entire podcast, including what we just <laughs> did. So um, feel free, if you have anything else to say, go ahead and say it, any other value that you want to drop here. But I personally think that people are going to get a ton of value from this podcast already. Um, so mm-hmm. if you have anything else to say, go ahead and say it. What do you think? I would, <laughs> uh, I would honestly just like, if I understood that life was happening for me, not to me earlier in life, it would have made the process way more fun. And no matter what happens now, even like the most challenging situations, I have that mindset built in that like from victim to victor and from like things are happening, you know, for me, not to me. And if I would have understood that my whole life, like at every stage of everything that was going on, it literally just feels like this weight that comes off your shoulder when you're like, wow, this is an opportunity to learn patience. This is an opportunity to learn how to work harder. This is an opportunity to know when to rest better. Uh, everything is an opportunity. And that's, that's it. Like, knowing that earlier would have felt great. It took me a couple of years and a lot of uh, anger and, <laughs> and stress and all the things. But hey, that was all happening for me to teach me this perspective in such a powerful way. Cool, man. It's been, it's been a pleasure. It's always great chatting with you. Um, yeah, we appreciate you coming on. We're going to, we're going to get a good episode out for this one. Yeah. Sweet. Just, just to kind of cap things off. If anyone ever wants to reach out to you, how can they contact you? Um, what's Oasis's website, things along those lines where they can kind of find more information also to add on to Oasis. They're also great in terms of educational based information. So check out their YouTube channel. You'll be surprised about the stuff that you don't know until you start listening uh, to the content that you guys are putting out there. So Cool. Yeah. Like I said, our, our main marketing push has been value and education around uh, managing stress and living a more balanced lifestyle. So uh, www.oasisadaptogens.com. Same on basically every single platform from LinkedIn to TikTok to YouTube. Uh, That is where we're at. Personally, you can find me at Jeremy J Hoffman uh, on Instagram. and, And from there, you can find out about all the other projects uh, carry along with the journey. I'm, I'm reinvigorating my personal side of things as well. 
uh, LinkedIn. I'm pretty active also. Cool. 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 All right, All right Jeremy. Jeremy. Thanks guys. <laughs> Thank you. See you later. Peace.